Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm Charlotte Northworthy. In this episode of The Lead, I talk to Mariana Heredia, founder of Phoenix Journalism, which is an organization that supports crowdfunded investigative journalism projects. She graduated from Gravy in 2013, and today we're here to talk about entrepreneurship in the changing media landscape. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Now, here's the lead. Well, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Is this your first time back in Athens since you graduated? or It's my second time back, okay. but it, it had been a minute. The first time I came back was in 2017 for a wedding, um, and I graduated in 2013. So it had been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you back. And so like you said, you graduated from Grady in 2013. What have you been up to for the past seven-ish years? Oh gosh, You've sort of so crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, that is kind of wild. I, I, I still see you as a young alum, and of course you are, but a lot can happen in seven years. Yeah. So what, what were you up to? Yeah, so a lot has happened. When I graduated, um, I studied public affairs, which I, I guess is just journalism now, but um, at that particular point in my career, I was very burnt out. I had been working for the Red and Black for a long time. I had been studying here. I was doing a double major with uh, journalism in Grady and then also business management in Cary. So I was done. <laughs> I was done by the end of it. And I kind of thought I didn't want to be a journalist anymore. I was like, that's cool. That was part of my career. But like, I'm going to go on to do something else now, which I don't think is typically what people think about when they're graduating. I feel like it's supposed to be the start. But for me, it was very much like an end. <laughs> Um, so I actually ended up getting a job in, um, sponsorships, uh, with Turner Broadcasting. I wanted to kind of get into the ad sales or the advertising business, at least. Um, I wanted to learn how the money gets made in journalism. Um, I quickly realized that a lot of the decisions were happening specifically in advertising sales, and I wanted to be part of that discussion. So I started looking for opportunities up in New York, uh, to be part of that. And, you know, thankfully Turner is a great company and they were able to transfer me up. But it was, it was a good job in that it was very enlightening. I learned a lot about the ad business. But I was really unhappy because I was not doing anything that I really wanted to do. And so that was a little bit of a difficult point. I spent uh, two years in that job. Um, I think the first year was definitely better than the second one. The first year I learned a lot. The second year I was like, not really happy here and not seeing a lot of opportunities coming my way. Um, so at that point, um, I had been sending out resumes. I was trying to get back into editorial I think I was so unhappy and I was trying to figure out how to be happy again and the last time I had been happy in a job was when I was news editor for the red and black so sort of trying to reverse engineer that it didn't happen like that I because I had been out of the job market for two years at least two and a half years um, I didn't have a lot of the experience that people my, in my age had it's crazy how quickly that happens you know and I also had a big ego and I was you know feeling like I deserved something from the world and I was not getting that so um, and I ended up getting an interview with an online media startup working in editorial um, it was really it was really cool I was really excited I really thought it was like oh this is exactly the job that I was looking for so like that's awesome um, didn't quite turn out that way. <laughs> um, it ended up being just a little bit more of having to publish as many articles as I possibly could, which was exhausting. So 
I think at that point, again, I had to reevaluate. And I realized, you know, I really do love journalism. Like that, that part of it did make me happy. Writing and editing really did make me happy. But I think at that point, I just like couldn't believe that 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 is the solution. Like these are the solutions we're bringing to the problem. Like just publish as many articles as you possibly can. Like this is something that's so vital to our society. I, at least I think so. I really wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and it was at that point where my husband was like, why don't why don't you? Why don't you do something about this? I did. I mean, I think it was like two weeks later that I went to um, that I went to my uh, my manager and I was like, I quit. <laughs> I quit. Um, and so that sort of led me to what I'm doing now, which is uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Journalism, um, which is basically it's crowdfunded journalism on a story by story basis. So we pitch um readers on potential story ideas and then they get to contribute to the ones that they like um once a story gets fully funded it goes into production um a journalist sends them monthly updates letting them know how the progress is going and then once the story is done you know edited fact-checked produced uh the readers get to read it exclusively so um that's where i'm at now (laughs) i want to hear more about your thought process behind just figuring out your own feelings because it sounds like you have really had to be in tune with yourself to know to sort of navigate the media industry and I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with in terms of figuring out what is it about this industry that makes me happy yeah and am I happy right now am I unhappy how can you talk about that emotional process of simply just figuring out what it is you actually enjoy doing yeah yeah so Um, I think there's two parts to that. I think the first part came when I was in advertising, um, you know, also realizing like the world doesn't owe me anything. I think when you've graduated college and you've worked your ass off and you've done so many things to get to this point that you feel like you're sort of owed something and you're not. And the world is going to tell you that very quickly. And that's a very harsh reality to to understand. But once you do, it becomes a lot easier. Um, once you understand that you still have to work your your ass off and you still have to do all of these things, um, once you sort of accept that reality, then it becomes a little bit easier. Um, so that was, I mean, that was a little bit of like a harsh talk that I had to have with myself with that. So with your move to sort of starting your own business, that is a massive leap to take. Um, can you explain what that process was like and how you went about developing your own business, Phoenix Journalism? It was it was terrifying. Um, I talk, you know, honestly, a lot of a lot of it was just that same emotional work. Phoenix, I quit my job at the online media startup in 2017, and I didn't launch Phoenix until February 2019. So it took two years basically to get to that point. Um, it's a long time in startup, you know, world, um, and it was a lot of like, are you gonna quit? Like, is this actually what you want to do? I think what helps me get through that, um, I was very lucky. I had um, a lot of support behind me. Um, my my husband really was a sort of a rock for me and gave me a lot of room to breathe and uh, didn't really push me too much. But eventually, you know, I sort of decided like, yes, this really is what I want to do. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about a startup. It is going or any really any entrepreneurial ver- venture you have, it is going to reflect absolutely everything about you all of the good stuff it's gonna it's gonna do well in everything that you do well all of the bad stuff it's gonna struggle so much everywhere where you struggle 
So it's being able to kind of realize that and then lean into the things that you do well and get people to help you in the things that you don't do well. Again, like at the beginning, I thought I was going to do everything for Phoenix. I thought I was going to crowdfund the stories, write the stories, edit the stories, produce them, um, publish them, do the social media for them. I was going to do it all. It was going to be this one woman show, which like, what? No, like no one can do that. It's impossible. Um, so I think, you know, realizing that, taking a moment to step back and just becoming, the, you know, self-aware and, and having the really hard conversation with myself of like, you can't do all of this yourself. You're going to need help. And then, I mean, honestly, like having the Grady Network after that was really helpful because because I took a non-traditional path to this and to, to journalism editorial in particular, I, I didn't have coworkers that I could lean on from my time in New York so far. Like I didn't really know any journalists in New York, but I knew Grady students that I had, you know, gone to school with or people that had graduated before and after me. And I very much tapped into that and you know, started DMing and seeing like, you know, you're a freelance journalist, you know, can you work? Do you you want to pitch? Is this something you're interested in? I just sort of started gearing up that way. But it was very, it was very helpful to have the Grady Network. I think that's something that is very special about going to school here. So the idea of crowdfunded, crowdsourced journalism, where did you come up with that idea? And is there a market for that? Will people pay to not even read stories, but pay to just see them be made? Um... So TBD on that second part, we're, we're still, you know, proving the concept. But the idea basically came from, it started out from me wanting to have a better relationship with our readers. I, I think in a traditional business model, you know, you have advertisers who are paying for the content, you have um, journalists creating the content, and then you have readers consuming that content. So it, it creates a misalignment in, in incentives. Um, the advertisers want one thing, the readers want the other, and the journalists are stuck in the middle. Basically, the people paying for the content are not the same as the people that are consuming the content. So I saw that very clearly. So I was wondering, how is it that I can realign those two things? And there's several ways, um, you know, subscriptions work very well for that as well. Like you, you, if you subscribe to a newspaper or a magazine, you're contributing to that journalism directly. Um, but I, what, what I felt was missing was as a reader, you know, I don't really get to talk to my journalists and that journalists don't really get to talk to readers necessarily. Like that, that connection doesn't happen. And it makes sense in traditional journalism when you're creating a print product, there's not a two-way street of communication. We have the internet now. We can have that. You know, people can write us back. They can comment back. They can say what they like and what they don't like. Um, so I thought, you know, why not have, you know, people decide what it is that they want to read? Like, why am I guessing what people want to read? Why don't I just ask them? Um, and then the crowdfunding came in because, you know, I do believe in independent journalism. I do believe in being critical about sources and, and the topics we're covering and looking at everything sort of from, from an objective an objective perspective, but also, you know, from from, um, I don't want to say skeptical, because it's not exactly that, but it is um, just... A critical eye. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I figured, you know, if we have like a single person pay for a single story, well, then that just becomes a little bit like PR. Um, but crowdfunding works really well, because then you open it up to everybody. 
and everyone gets to have a say. It's a little bit like democracy in a way. <laughs> so yeah, so I thought crowdfunding would be great. I didn't want to have, it's not a platform necessarily. Um, you know, I didn't, I wanted to take some of the work out for, for our readers. Like they shouldn't necessarily have to tell me like exactly what to cover. Um, you know, they should be, they should, it should be an easy process for them. So when you're a platform, you're sort of creating, you know, you're having other people create the content. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to create the content ourselves. Um, and when um, you're able to, to crowdfund, you're able to just tell people like, you know, if you give me, you know, if you set prices for them, you can tell them if you give me $2 um, for the story, like this is what I'll create. And so it becomes um, easier for them to engage um, it doesn't become so much work, and um, and I think so far, you know, we, we pitched two stories in, in February, and they both got fully funded, which was awesome. We'll see how it goes. Forward progress. Yes. That's so exciting. So as you are, you know, really headed into this very momentous part of your life, um, what is some advice that you would offer to students who are sort of just getting started and are maybe panicking, trying to, uh, you know, figure out what it is that there's, there is going to be their finite career path what would you say to those people that your finite career path does not exist <laughs> um you know I, I think it's important I think it's important to strive for your own happiness I think when I wasn't when I was still in ad sales and I wasn't getting any journalism jobs and I was looking at all my peers from from Grady because they're great students and 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 great you know journalists now like they were all to my eye looking like they were doing great things and I wasn't the issue there was that I was focusing on them and not on myself. I didn't take a moment to say like, well, what do I want and what's going to make me happy and how, what does success look like for me? Again, like it doesn't have to be a big thing, but just ask yourself the question. And then, you know, as you're walking around on campus and you realize like, you know what, that made me really happy or that class was really cool. I was really interested in that. Or I think it's helpful to just even know like, what is it that you don't like? I realized I was never a great reporter. Like I didn't really enjoy the reporting process. That's okay. Um, I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I, you know, gave it a shot. But I think, yeah, if if you're coming up on that on that graduation point and you're feeling like you have to get started, like first of all, you have so much time, like so much time. You you know you have a long life to live, and at any point you can switch and do something else. Like you're always entitled to reevaluate what what it is that you want out of life. Like you don't have to get stuck in one path. Um, and if, you know, and if you go down a path and you realize like, oh, this isn't what I wanted, you can go back, you know, you can figure out something else. Um, so definitely that, um, you know, being practical, be, be practical about once you figure out what it is that you want, don't make it hard on yourself. Um, set yourself up for success, make your goals easy. Um, when I, when I was starting out, when I was, you know, trying to launch Phoenix, my to-do list was horrible. I had, to, my to-do list was like, create website no <laughs> you don't just do that in a day like you know break that and I couldn't do it in a day I'm not a tech person <laughs> you know so break those goals down into really bite-sized pieces you know if it's not create a website it's google how to find an engineer that's your to-do you can do that in a day you can do that in an hour that's fine um so yeah so it's that you know it's patience it's, it's being practical um and then I think you know also being optimistic like there's a lot of abundance in the world and I think it's it's sometimes hard to to realize that especially when you're on social media and you're seeing other people do things and you're just trying to get yours too like it's it's hard to realize like there is abundance in the world you you have to you have to work for it but you can you can succeed you know you have to just be optimistic about it you have to believe in it um 
before you get any kind of result, you're going to have to take that leap. So do it anyway. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, you'll try something else. Mariana, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Lead. I'm your host, Charlotte Norsworthy. This episode was produced with guidance from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes with interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Until next time.